When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. How's it going, people? Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another Forever Arsenal podcast. Hope everyone is all good and well out there. We are back, the regulars, myself, Jordan, Lee and James. Make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you engage with us in the comment section as always. We're loving it. We've got our comments of the day ready. Hand up from Lee. Are you about to throw me under the bus or what's no, going no, on? No, no, no. I just I feel a bit left out, so I've got myself a little black book. Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Come on, Lee! <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it, people, in the comment section. Lee's got his black book, so it's time to, you know, divert some of that energy towards me. No, Lee, no, no, it? no. I'm just, I'm just helping Jordan write his out. That's all, that's all I'm here for, like. You're a black book wankast. What you are, now, Lee? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, to wiggle. I don't know what that means. Like, you know what I mean? so, there you go. It's all smiles again. It's all smiles again. But big up everyone that's watching. Big up everyone engaging. We love it. Love for the love, as I always say. But I mean it. And let's just get straight into it because we were meant to record this at 8 a.m. this morning. It is actually now 11:30 at night. <sighs> Um, I don't know why that is, but the no, less said no. the better. Should we have a guess? <laughs> let, let's let the comment section guess. Yeah, no, 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 guess. no, 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 no. Let's not do that because we know they're going to blame. We know they're going to blame. <laughs> so let, let's let's just get get it out now. Yeah, let's just get it out now. Turkey. Well, I heard you had a few pages left in the book, so I thought, yeah, why wow. <laughs> Wow. On volume two, he is now. He's on volume two. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna write, he's gonna write a series of books of books. Listen, it's all mad. All right, cool. It is my fault. We were meant to record at 8 a.m. I woke up at 9 a.m. Um, it was too late for a certain busy someone that always has us recording at 8 a.m., but I won't say who that is. <laughs> Just put his hands up. But yeah, it's my fault today. It's eleven thirty at night, but I like these ones better, I think. Well, you know, we enjoy them a bit. You're all right. Fair if carnage. you ain't got to get up early like, like you done, you don't know, you're all right. <laughs> I do well, like my... up against each other, by the way, boys, set tomorrow oh, on Sunday in the, for the um, World Cup final. The big me boys! And, it's the out big Jordan. boys! Oh, yeah. Sweepstakes. Age- Age the old sweet BC, state, you know yeah. what I mean? Whatever happens, you two are parting with your money. You two. That <laughs> 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 ain't very nice before Christmas, is it? It's coming either up there or it's coming down here. I, I just I just pray for once Jordan wins because I know. Lee will absolutely leech the bank account dry. 
since you're since you're rubbing it in, Lee, I've I've had this in my back pocket for a little while, but I just want to show the people, you know, the hard worker that you are because you you're you're on content week in week out. You're on AFTV. You do your own channel. You do this for us, you know, at all times of the day. Look how hard Lee's working at the studio. <laughs> oh, he's done you there. He's done you there. Shoes off and all. <laughs> Arms folded. For yeah. all our podca- podcast lists, Lee has been caught in well, in the AFTV studio, you know shoes off, napping on the sofa. Eight o'clock in the morning, right? You know, when it don't happen, <laughs> and I'm shattered by the time we we we, we actually record. You know, that's <laughs> bang you, out, you don't like it even. I should be getting you back for that. It's worth the twenty pounds sweepstake money. Don't you worry about that. You absolutely it. started a war. I don't know if it's worse. I don't know if it's worse that he's been caught sleeping at work, or rather than just being at home having a having a day nap. That's cheeky. That is cheeky, Lee. Ro- Robbie, Robbie got me once, but it was like it was like an eight pm kickoff. We'd done all the fan cams and hams and everything. The day was done. I was just waiting for everyone else to come back. So I just, I, sat, I didn't even lie down. I just sat back, had a little, had a little snooze for about five minutes, and it was all over AFTV's TikTok. You, thought, you wouldn't believe it. The cheek of them. The shift I put in that day. No rest for the wicked, as they say. And like I said, Lee, I've had that in my back pocket for about five weeks. I've been waiting to use it. So thank you for the opportunity. I do love you, Lee. Thank you. No problems whatsoever, like no worries, no worries. I can't believe you stitched me up like that. I'll tell you what, what are you dreaming of, Lee? Oh, well, it was obviously three points. You know what I mean? I think we must have uh, we must have won, or you know. So, um, so really, you know, listen, I'm hard at it. I get there early, and I don't leave till late. You know, so I'm entitled to have a little nap. You know, in in between the. Uh, I, I heard I heard you were whispering. Um, Get Sharoy on the on the pod in your <laughs> mate. He doesn't, but he's awake. <laughs> yes, he's awake. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's how <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I, I'll be really honest. I blanked Sharoy when when we was doing the watch along the other day. He went to shake me and I said no. <laughs> oh, George, George, Jordan's my man. I said like my guy. Man, come on, my man. Like, come he's on. my guy. You know what I mean? We don't, so... we don't talk to Sharoy no more. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no we we do that. He is off. <laughs> The old Christmas card list. Let's put it that way. <laughs> oh, poor guy. He did one podcast brilliantly, and now Lee won't talk. <laughs> he, got, he upset my mate Jordan. I'm not having it. Yeah. Right, you know I mean? yeah. All, all ah. Shrightins came out and full and force. And yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not on it. I'm not on it. Not on it. Uh, let's get into it because we're already five, six minutes in, and we haven't even discussed a minute of football yet. Um, and there nah, is some forget football. Arsenal. Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. It's only friendlies, and well, that's there's not much. you don't watch it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we can just kind of swerve the Arsenal games, just move past it. <laughs> oh, at least yeah. sure I watched it. I've got to say, oh, did I really just say that? Like, you know, <laughs> Lee will high five you with one hand and stab you in the back with the other at the same time. Yeah, yeah it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, so I won't ask Jordan if you watched this one because obviously he was busy at work. Um, no, 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 no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I, I didn't watch the game, but I did get the highlights. Um, okay. Uh, to be oh, fair, I remember what happened. Um, fantastic. Can we get your player ratings? <laughs> no, you bloody can't. 
mean, I, I, I'll leave the analysis to, to the others. That may, I'm sure you guys watch the whole watch the whole game. But um, yeah, I think um, a bit like with preseason, we've all said that performances and results do matter. I think we kind of agreed on that. Um, don't take them too seriously, but they're important. I think the same should be applied here. I think the same should be applied with with, with these games. It's good to get a win, another win. Um, I think the momentum, I think, is going to be important. I think kind of getting the guys back into the groove, into the rhythm of, of Premier League football again and Arsenal football again is going to be, I think, be quite difficult. But I have no doubt that Arteta with these games can do that. We've got one more game against Juventus this weekend coming up as well. So, yeah, whilst I don't place too much importance on them, you know, I, I, it's a good sign that we're winning these games. And in part, from what I saw in the highlights, granted, we looked, we looked, we looked pretty sharp. Yeah, I don't think it was the best of performances, but we got the job done. Um, I'll obviously watch the game with Lee and and James, but James, let's let's start with you first. Um, in terms of takeaways from not just that game, but the, the Dubai Cup in general, let's call it the Leon game, the AC Milan game. Ben White, Thomas Partey comes back; they come back into the side. Um, what's the main takeaway for you? I mean, not much more I can add to what I said in the fan cam, but otherwise, just. We look sharp, we look ready, we look motivated. Um, you know, we, we definitely look ahead of these teams. But then when you do look at when they're coming back for their seasons, you know, you, we do expect to look ahead of them. It's a bit like when we beat Sevilla 6-0. You clearly knew that we were on something good because we were playing brilliant football and beating a very decent size 6-0. But also their season was starting like two weeks later and it was their second preseason game of the season. So so you can take it with a pinch of salt, I suppose. Um uh, we look sharp, we look committed, we look mentally in the right place. Um, and that's really it, Lee. Uh, Lee was saying on the watch along, we do play some really good football at times. Mm. The way we play out the back, the composure, there's a crispness to our passing. Um, it's every pass means something, something. It's with the and you can almost, the more you watch us, you can almost start to piece together when White passes it inside to Partey. We're now already thinking. You know, okay, Odegaard's then dropping to then make the next link, and you're starting to get familiar with those patterns because Arsenal have been mastering this for a few years now. Um, but the, I think this is all ultimately just good warm up, good practice, good preparation ahead of uh, West Ham. I don't really know what they're doing in terms of preparation. I imagine something similar, uh, but I, I think we do look in good shape to be honest. I, I, I got us. I can't really ask for much more than what we've been getting. Yeah, it's just about preparation, really. I, I'm with you and Jordan. There's not much else you can take away from it other than, you know, get yourselves ready, get the World Cup players back in action. We've got one more friendly left beforehand, like Jordan said, Juventus. And just, you know, try and hit the ground running as we did at the start of this season. Lee, we watched it together. Um, yeah. it's, been a, it's been it. a couple I of days since. It. I'll tell you what I have enjoyed. And, and, and it's it's been, so, as I said on my fan cam, you know, I didn't realise how good we are at getting the ball back. You know, we was we chasing it down. They've put taking them into places that we wanted them to go to, and then nicking the ball. And and we, you know, uh, lacked a little bit of sharpness up front, if I'll be honest. But I think that's you know going to come in the next week or so. Um, I, I liked it. Party shows you what a very very good player he is with group, with good players around him. Some lovely little um, passes in there. I thought it was really, really good performance. Um, what I did like was I liked Tierney, um, the way he was playing as well. I think Tierney's going to be very, very important for us now if uh, Shinchenko's not going to be about. 
Um, and I, I think that there was a, a hunger there. I think that um, I, I enjoyed what I see. And uh, I think that, you know, you have to say it how it is. We know it's a friendly and all that. But sometimes that's what, that's what makes it, you know, hit the ground running. I think Nelson, by the way, showing sharpness and showing that he wants to be a bat. And this is the, that's the one thing that I've took from these games and everything that everybody wants to play for the Arsenal. Look at them all wanting to come back. There's no, you know, wanting to having days off. They all want to play for the Arsenal, not just because we're being successful, because there was a couple of years ago we wasn't, but they've all bought into what Mikel is doing. And I think they're really looking forward to it. And uh, I think that, you know, um, Saturday's going to be interesting because we're back at, at the Emirates and in, in front of a, a big crowd. Um I hope they've been out in the um, in the cold today to get used to it because uh, that that would have ooh, that would have hit them yeah. a little bit like you know from the from the sun to uh, you know uh, I'd love to see I'd love to be there to watch Robbie get off the plane after five weeks in the sun as well like really like you know what I mean that'd be a nice nice little punishment but yeah so I I think that it's, everything's good do you know I'm going to say this now I was a little bit scared a little bit apprehensive of of um, Boxing Day and what was going to go. I'm quite now looking forward to it, what I've seen in these couple of games. I know it's friendlies, but I see this same sort of pattern at pre-season and look what happened. And I feel a little bit more confident. And uh, and the other thing that I feel a bit confident about is Eddie's performances. I thought he's done well in the last couple of games. Didn't score in this one, but I like what he done. I liked his hold-up play. He got fouled for the goal for, for the for the free kick, which Udegaard scored. All in all, a good little uh, workout. I think I think yeah on Eddie and Ketia, I think the biggest test that Mikel Arteta's going to have, <clears throat> excuse me, as the season resumes is, <clears throat> sorry, is as I mentioned, getting the team back into the groove. Arsenal have proved and come overcome quite a few tests in this season so far, where I think they've scared other teams. Being Chelsea away was a ooh, you know, recovering from losing to United by being Brentford. Uh, 4-0, 4-1, 4-0? 3-0, uh, sorry, 3-0. Was a, mm, you know, being Liverpool at home. Hmm. There's been a few of those ones. The next one for me is, can we show the rest of the league and other fan bases that all said or all felt that the momentum break with the World Cup was going to derail Arsenal's um, uh, season? If we can come back and prove that actually... It hasn't derailed our season. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that will be a, okay, wow, these guys are serious now. They've had their break when they were playing well, but they're playing just as well as they were when they, when, before when they broke up. The biggest thing with Eddie Nketiah for me is I have I have concerns about Eddie Nketiah. I think for one, two games, three games, I'm okay with him. He's going to be in for, unless we buy a striker, he's going to be our guy for the season. And I'm just not convinced he's the guy to score the goals to fend off Man City. But... If Mikel Arteta can somehow psychologically get the team to really not focus on Jesus' injury, but focus on the fact that we are mentally strong and we're going to win games regardless, that for me will be, I think, his biggest um, test for the second half of the season now. Can he get the team focused more on we are, as a collective, going to make up the 5-10% individually to make up for Jesus' absence. And then Ketty might not get 10 goals, 15 goals, but he might only get seven goals. But Odegaard, can you chip in with four or five now? He who I won't name, can you chip in with three? Saka, can you give us eight? Can you, do you know what I mean? If we can focus on the, on, on the team being mentally strong and not having a psychological hangover, 
of our main marksman not being there, I think that's going to be his biggest challenge now between now and the season. Because my fear is we get to February or even March and we've fallen off and all the talk is, oh, you see, it's because they just wasn't there. It's because they're missing their main man. He's got to now show that we can still get the goals and get the wins without Jesus. It's going to be harder because for me, there's a drop in quality now. There's a dip in quality in the front line. But if he can actually get the team to think, no, 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 forget all that. We go again. That's what I'm looking for from here on in personally. Yeah, I look at them first two games as very important mm-hmm. in terms of sending us really sending a message back to the league because we've done all 100%. that big work in the first 14 games. 100%, that can't be erased. We've done what we've done. Top of the league by five points. But the World Cup was somewhat a reset. And if we return from the World Cup and, you know, we're lacklustre, we drop points in those first two games, it doesn't bode well moving into Newcastle, moving into Tottenham, United, Man City in February. So those two games in particular, six points is integral. Integral. And you're right, Eddie's, the, the, the question mark's over him at the moment, um, whether he can, you know... Not necessarily replace what Jesus brings because we don't have a player that can replace what Jesus brings, but adds enough of his own um, his his own worth to the side. The older guards are top scorer in the league, so as much as Jesus is an integral player for us, quality player for us, we're still getting goals from all over, fam. Sorry, super quick one before the boys come in. My challenge to Eddie and Ketter is this: score the goals against the rest. I'm not looking for him to score goals necessarily against Man United, um, Spurs, the big boys, because we'll see what happens. But for me, his challenge is, can you get the goals against West Ham? Can you get the winners against Leicester, uh, Wolves? Get, get the goals against those teams. If we can get points against the rest, then that five-point buffer, we've got a five-point buffer. That five-point buffer, we can maybe get a draw um, away of the Etihad. We can maybe get something at, at Anfield without him scoring. But for me, my challenge to him is get the goals against everybody else. If you can't score past everybody else, then you really are flopping, as far as I'm concerned. Anyway. Yeah, I get you. And I'm not going to talk There's pressure much- on him now, Turkish. There's pressure on him, like, you know what I mean? He's got the, the number 14 on his back. That's a target, you know what I mean? Like, for a, for a few fans, I've already seen comments about that. Also, the contract and all that. This is where he steps up. And this is where I think that, you know... Mikel is going to come under the pump if things don't work out, like, you know, because people will go, well, here you go, you back this man, you said this and you said that. I think at the end of the day, there's been enough faith put in him. Uh, you know, build his confidence up. And, and I think he's going to be okay. I, I think he'll score against West Ham. In fact, I'm I'm going to put a little a little shilling on it, like, you know. Actually, I'm going to put my winnings from you two guys onto that any goal, like, you know, there you go. Um, I think he will score against West Ham. I think that um, he needs to score against West Ham. He needs to get one a goal in either one of those games because, unfortunately, like <clears throat> unlike Jesus, if he doesn't score, I don't think he's going to contribute the way Jesus does. And that is that is where he's got to got to get his goals. And and these two games are, are winnable games for us. Let's not let's not beat around the bush. You know, if we was. <clears throat> on the back of the Wolves game, coming up to this West Ham game, the, the next game, and then the Brighton game, we would be expecting six points, wouldn't we? You know, so I don't think that's really changed because of Jesus is out. I expect us to go at home against West Ham and get the job done. I don't think it's going to be as quite as easy as what um, probably people are thinking. I think it'd be a tough game, but I expect us to get six points in these next two games. I, I do fear the, uh, the slight lack of experience 
that that front three has now without Jesus. And I know Jesus is young himself, himself, but 25, scored goals at Anfield, played in, you know, Champions League semi-finals and all that, played at a World Cup even before this one. There was an, a very experienced 25-year-old, five-year-old who had a big fee with a point to prove and was maybe someone that your Odegaard, Saka Martinelli's could look up to and, and, and feed off. Now, in a weird way, I'd almost be more confident of Eddie coming in and having the impact if, say, Saka got injured or Martin got injured and Jesus had to play wide and then Nketiah was leading, leading the line. I'd like that balance there with that experience and the other two to flourish, you know, might might be a nicer balance. But I, I just think when it's, you know, 21, 22, 21, or however old they're, old they're so young, that suddenly is a lot of, it's a very kind of young average age for a front three to kind of be depending on uh, going into a pretty crunch time of the season. I, I think that's the only thing. I don't really doubt his, doubt his quality. But I think Jesus has this aura about him, this like, because of what he can do, he can be stronger than you, he can jump higher than you, he can beat you with trickery, and he can score goals, even if he hasn't recently. And I think that is, may is maybe something. So he's almost got to get a few goals early on just to kind of set the tone. Like, listen, fear me as well, if that makes sense. Um, and, and, and to his teammates, trust me as well, like you would Gabby Jesus. Would you guys phase at Millsmith Road back on the left, move Martelli through the middle, and have Enketia as a, as the kind of impact sub still? I would. I wouldn't. I'd probably lean more towards Emil being the false nine to allow Martinelli and Saka to kind of still make those inward inward runs and hope that Emil can pull out a centre back or two. With Martinelli, yeah. I, I you know that. he's got the attributes that I think he can he can do well up front. But back to goal, I have questions. And, and I want to see Martinelli pick up the ball front foot, run at a defender more so than I want him to be back to goal, flicks and holding it up. I think Emil's qualities could still bring out the best of Saka and Martinelli. Whereas if Martinelli was to go up top, I still have doubts about um, how much space he can create in behind by kind of dropping a bit deeper. You know, and how, sure. how much Smith Rowe could run it? A fullback in the same way Martinelli does. I mean, like if we sign Nedrick, who if and he turns out to be what we think he is, which is this incredibly dynamic, direct, powerful runner, then you probably would experiment with Martinelli up front um, for a bit because I think he's probably stylistically more similar to Jesus than Nketiah is, and they're all quite similar in, in the way I would imagine they play that position. Um, um, but it's actually more that I don't like the idea of Smith Rowe just. <laughs> tucked all the way out wide to the not tucked so just shoved all the way to the touchline you know try, you know trying to stretch and run at players i think he's a combination i think he wants i think he wants players around quick one twos bit of movement making space making things happen in central areas um and i just don't think anyone else does what martinet does on the left hand side right now hey, listen you mentioned mudrick um and i think it's, it's only right to kind of move into that talk because as much as we've had friendlies those are pretty much preparation in terms of fitness, getting the players back and preparing for the Premier League. But all the news tends to be around um, the transfer window now. When you when you open up Twitter, when you open up you know Google or your you know whatever platform you use to get your information, it's all about January, couple weeks away. Mudrick is definitely the 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 headline in terms of Arsenal news. But Felix has been linked. Tillemans has been linked again. Danilo's, you know, continually been linked. I spoke to Lee and James about it already, and we're touching on on your opinions again. But Jordan, at, you know, out of like the Mudricks, the Felixes, Tillemans, Danilo's, and so on, 
Um, is there is there someone or, or a couple that stand out to you that you know you'd want to to, to go in for? I don't think we'll buy a striker. I don't think we'll buy a forward. Um, is my limited opinion on even on... even a wide player? No. So not a Mudrick either. No, I don't. Mm-hmm. I think I think we'll buy a midfielder. I think we might buy a midfielder. Um, I think Tillemans. I can see that happening. I can see them deciding to move on him now. Um, I, I, I think we're light in midfield. You, you know, you know, how I feel about that. I, I can see that happening. I'm just not convinced they're going to buy a striker. Um, of of the two you mentioned, those front two. Um, I, the reason why I'm not convinced about either of them, not because I don't rate them. I mean, Mudrik, I, again, I, I've not seen this guy that much, so I can't give an analysis on him. I don't. I've only seen him on YouTube, so I, it wouldn't be fair for me to comment on him. But Felix. I'm not convinced he's the sort of uh, he's the sort of forward that would fit in our system anyway. I think we're linked with him because we like him. He had a decent World Cup, but you want to get rid of him because you know he's, he's not working out over there. And we're kind of putting I don't know, James. Have there been any kind of like strong links between the actual club saying they're looking at him or they're going to bid for him, or are we just doing that because it's a young player that we like the look of and we're just linking our club? There's, there's plenty player. of links, but I wouldn't say there's one that makes him go ah. Oh. Now that's a real someone, someone who we really trust is is yeah. I, I, I listen, a lot I, of it. Again, I, I know a lot more about him than I do Mudrik. If I'm being, you know, I, I do, but I still don't know enough about <laughs> it about Felix for me to be like, yeah, he's the guy that's gonna. We should go out and get him. He'll make the difference. I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure. I think we do this with players that we like the look of and who are doing well at a club. So we assume that, well, he's a good player and he's doing well at that club. So if we sign him, he'll do well at our club. I'm not, I'm not sure that's the case with, with Felix. I think he'll go somewhere and do well. I'm just not completely convinced that he's the right fit for us. The player that I think we probably most, that we probably should be signing is the guy that I've been saying we shouldn't sign for three years now. That's probably Zaha. That's the guy probably that makes the most amount of sense in terms of knows the Prem, can play on the left, can play from the middle, you know, that's probably the guy that that's the sensible signing. Although I wouldn't sign him either. But of all the forwards that are probably out there um, that we're loosely linked to, Zaha's the one that probably is the is the low risk. No? Have you not? You not wanted Zaha? No, no. He who something about him. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, no. But but he's the one on paper that makes the most amount of sense. Do you know what I mean? So, but yeah, I'm not. I, I asked him, I though. asked Lee after the game, Mudrik or Felix, and his answer was Zaha. So he's thinking okay. along the same lines as you. Yeah, I, I am. I am. But what what was the most pleasing thing about it was when when Mikel was asked about it, he said, "Yes, we're going to be active." He didn't okay. turn around and and fend it off and say, "Oh, well, you know, we'll see what happens." He's done that a little bit in the past. This time he was a little bit determined with what he said. He said, "We will be active." He knows that we need players, and I I think that whatever happens, whether it be Mudrick, whether it be whoever, I think they're going to come in early, and I think that will be a big big boost to us if we can like you know January the 1st come out and say or even before that and go do you know what on January the 1st this one signing and this one signing that would be a massive thing for us Lee that's the key early there's no point bringing in a forward you know January the 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 19th or 24th we need them for the Spurs Man United 100% even Newcastle we do get them in ASAP you've had a month off what the hell are you doing Jesus has been out injured for two weeks now, two and a half weeks. Yeah. Get to work. If you're going to do it, do it now. Just yeah. do it now. 
I, I think that would be like the biggest boost that this club can have going into, you know, like if, say, on the, the 30th, 30th, before we go to Brighton, we've got two players that are going to be signing on the first. And don't, don't tell me it don't happen because I've seen it happen with other teams, you know what I mean? Like, so if, if that would be the case, that would be a real, I think, shot in the arm for this football club, like, you know. And then, you know, if we were to sign two and then maybe one or two at the end of it, I wouldn't be so, so bothered. But I, I think that, you know, I, I think Arsenal saying that they're active, let's be positive and say that these deals are done. Uh, uh, whoever it will be, whoever it be. Do you know what? I trust I trust um, Arteta and Edu when it comes to transfers because, you know, what their recent history, they've got them spot on. So whatever they do, I'll be happy with. But I do believe that it needs to be done early just to give everybody that little boost just to, of, of confidence. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to go through January looking at, oh, where we're going to go and then right at the end, missing out, missing out. That would be a real bad thing because that would look look like we're not learning from our lessons before. So I think this is very, very key. Are we learning our lessons? Are we are we um genuinely believing that we can challenge for this title or get top four, whatever way you do it, come out and, and, and show it. And uh, you know, I don't care what anybody says over the last two weeks. I'm very, very down about the Jesus thing because we all know that he, he is crucial to our, I'll tell you how crucial he is that Spurs fans now are looking forward to to us playing at White. Yeah. They weren't. They was they were dreading it. I, I know a couple of my mates were turning around and they were going, oh, you're going to... Well, that's coming too soon, that game and all that. Now, all of a sudden, there's a little air of confidence and that's without the likes of Richarlison maybe not playing. Uh, a couple of their players, Benton Kerr might not be playing, I don't know. But they know that Jesus is not there. And when you look back at the game against... Um, them at the uh, at the Emirates, he he was unreal that game. He caused them all sorts of problems, and they were worried. So, like that, just shows you how it is. So, I think if you then turn around and sign a couple of players in January, they'll be going, "Oh, blimey, get them back on the back foot again." Like you know, not just Spurs, but 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 the the whole of the Premier League. The end of it, they're all looking at that and thinking it's a big big thing that we haven't got him available. But if we was to bring in another couple of players. All of a sudden, we get that fear factor back again. Can I... Um... Only... Sorry, no, go on, go on. Go on, John. I was like, my only issue with we're going to be active, it leaves room for wiggle room. That's my only problem with that sentence. We're going to be active, okay? Active could mean we are looking at players or we are yeah. discussing players. That doesn't mean anything to me. Monitoring. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We're scouting players. All right, cool. That should be, yeah. should be doing oh, that did, anyway. Did you... So... Exactly. So we're we're going to be active. Doesn't make me think. Okay, we're on the front foot. We're actually they know who they want, and now it's about getting it done. So sorry, Joe. Turkish. Were we talking about it once? I can't remember if it was us. Um, like <laughs> we have scout departments. That is their job. <laughs> yeah. Trying to be ready. Um, and, and there's always this kind of. I think as football fans, it's the transfer window approaching, and I think in my mind, somewhere in the back of my con- consciousness the scouting team who've decided to come away from their nine month holiday to start. All right, quickly, you whip up football manager, you get out the records from the last two years, years we want, you know, but it's, you know, they should be working all year. They should be ready for this. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we are. I was going to, I was going to say, I'll do some uh, glass half full. 
uh, Simone, which I know Turkish loves. If we get through this January and February period, what's getting through? Let's say winning majority of games, we beat United, we beat Newcastle, we win or draw at Spurs, you don't lose because I hate losing to them. Uh, put in a performance against City, whatever that looks like. And we are well in the title hunt come the return of Jesus. And we've had the new sign or whatever. That's going to be a massive boost for that final two and a half, three months of the season to sort of welcome Jesus back and say, right, the final stint now. That, that I mean, that, I'm not trying to put a positive spin on the fact that we're missing him for such a crucial period, but I guess there is that. It'll be like, it'll feel so good to have him back if but, we have kept the pace. But James, I think the two are linked. I think if they do buy someone, that is a sign he's out for the season. I don't think I mean, so. I think, if, I think if they buy someone, it's them saying he'll be up for three months and then to rush him back for the last yeah. month. Or, yeah, I think if they buy someone, it's a sign that we're, we're not expecting. If he comes back early, great. But we're not expecting a return this season. But if yeah. they don't buy anyone, they're thinking, OK, we can have him. for the, If we can get to, like, March then and still be in the mix, we're bringing him back in then for the last, I don't know, yeah, I, two months. I month. would... I agree on some level. So, so for example, if they went and bought Ivan Tony for forty million, I'd be like, "What?" Or, or, or they actually spent sixty million on Shao Felix in this window. I'd be like, "That's strange," because you didn't see these see these deals come. They very much played down the middle. That tells me something. Mm. You know, we've got the Europa League to contend. We've still got um, an FA Cup that I presume we want to be competitive in. We've got this ultra competitive Premier League as well. Well, and we put in a fifty million pound bid for Rafinha last summer anyway, with Jesus coming through the door. So. I do think their intention was always to bring in another forward wide player of some kind. Uh, um, if it's something really drastic for a proper number nine, then I'd be thinking, oh gosh, yeah, they're not confident about Jesus. But if they sign Mudrik, I'd be like, yeah, that pretty much sounds like what they were trying to do anyway. I think the, I think the club will wait to, to see how these games play out. And by these games, I mean the ones that, that Lee and Jordan have suggested we get players in for. Newcastle, okay. Tottenham, United. I think the club will wait to see how we fare without Jesus against them, then make a decision after that. Because with Mudrick, there's nothing stopping us signing Mudrick right now. Right now. Shakhtar not back in action till February. The World Cup break is here. He could, you know, be, be signed, sealed and delivered on the 1st of January. But there's there's just, there's there's something stopping it all. Obviously, a, there's negotiations and getting the best price and all that. But this has been going on for, what, four weeks already? Just before the World Cup, maybe four or five weeks? So I don't know what's kind of causing that delay. Is it because there is no real interest in him? Is it because they want to see how the Jesus injury plays out first before maybe spending the, the biggest chunk of their January pot um, straight away before we even head into it? I just can't really seem to find an answer with that one. So I really think the club will, will wait to see how we do against Newcastle, do against Tottenham, do against United. And if need be, give us that, you know, that renewed hope with a new signing after those fixtures. And I see Jordan shaking his head. I'm in agreement with you, bro. I mean, what Arteta said, I mentioned it to James on, on AFTV Live. Was it today or, or, or yesterday? Arteta's wording and is it something to be concerned about that he said if we find the right players and, and so on when in reality I'd expect the the the, the list of players to be pre, pre-prepared from the summer maybe you know from the first few months of the season so I'd expect the targets to be in mind already and it's a case of maybe making it work financially because again I've been on the Cronkays back for the longest I don't think anyone has more so than me 
But even I have to kind of take a step back, look at the last few years, the money we've spent, the competitions we've been in, the, the places we finished in. And I'm pretty sure we're teetering on the edge of, of, of FFP guidelines in terms of not necessarily breaking it completely. But I mean, a couple more signings, one more bad finish in the league. Um, it could all go pear-shaped in that department. So I, I don't know. I don't know what the club is, is planning to do. Who said it? I think Lee said it. I trust Arteta a lot more than I, than, than I ever have off the back of his last two summer transfer windows. So it's just about trusting him again in this one. I look at last January and I just say... That fouled. Fouled, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Fouled. So that's what I'm saying. Learn from your mistakes. I'm, I'm a big fan of that. And I think that they will. I think they will learn from their mistakes. And especially with the Jesus thing now, I think it's just made that a little bit more... Um, important and I, I, I'm with James on this I think they go for a what if they go for a strike I don't think they will but if they go for a, for a Madrid or, or someone like that that's been in the plan since January they've looked to, to bring in a wide they want to bring in another wide player and also if they do bring that back also with um, Smith Rowe coming back I know it's not a new signing but it's like a new signing this season that would give us a, a, a little bit more bring in a midfield player and, you know, everybody's going to be all happy about it. Arteta's going to be happy about it because he's got a squad that he feels that can, can work. Don't forget now we're going into the business end of the Europa League. We ain't going to be able to rest players like we have done in, in, mm. the, in the past like for those group games. This is it's the real deal now. Like, you know, you want one thing and you're out. So, you know, I, I don't think that Arsenal... And I, I agree with what you're saying. So, you know, if we if Arsenal were to go out of the FA Cup, say, or Oxford, and then go out the uh, the Europa League early and then miss out on top four, I think that Arteta, all of a sudden, where the pressure will be on him big, big time, big, big time. You know what I mean? Like, so the, I don't the season can implode very quickly. Yeah, exactly. So he needs to, you know. So I'm pretty sure he's. If I was him, I'd be going. Look, you know, give me what I need and give me it early. Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Um, in terms of Arsenal, because we are going to move on to World Cup stuff, is there anything else that we want to touch on? Well, I've got something I want to get your thoughts on that links actually the World Cup and Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, just, just super briefly. I want to get your thoughts, all the three of you, on Ben White. And I, was, I didn't want to mention bring him up in the last couple of pods because when he left England, the statement read he'd left on, I think, compassionate leave or something for personal reasons. Yeah. So I thought it was best to respect that. We don't know what it is. So when you hear personal reasons, I think unless they want to disclose what it is, I just think it's best to just wait until the person wants to talk about it or, or maybe they don't. But either way, speculate about something so personal, whatever it is, is not really classy. But then he, t- he posted on Instagram um, something like, we're, we're back or let's go, baby. Something like that. Yeah, I'm, back. Lines. I it was. I'm back, I'm back, baby. Yeah. And I just wondered if A, you guys think that whatever it was that he did leave the England camp for will have any kind of impact or hangover for, for, for us. And secondly, if you think that he almost owes England fans an explanation now that he has publicly responded in the way that he's responded. For me, it's we, we, we back, baby, was the caption. And it's him, uh, back, yeah. Arsenal, training gear. For me, both yeah. questions, no and no. I don't think it'll have an impact on us. Not that I know what it is or I believe any of the rumours so far because none of us really know for sure. 
So I don't think it will impact. He's come back into this, um, the squad where he came back into the squad in Dubai. He started the first game he could start for us. So in terms of what that was, put it behind. And the second question, no, again, I just... Um, I just, yeah, I don't think... He he he's he he was he's not an integral player for England. He was one of the ones that, like James Madison, was a surprise pick. Well deserved, both well deserved, but a surprise pick that wasn't utilized up until the point that he did have to leave or or was forced to leave or whatever the reasons were behind it. So I don't think he owes anything to the to English fans. But you, you, you don't think if you are called up for your country and then you walk away and we don't know the reasons, but you you leave that you leave camp. You don't think England fans? And listen, not not for me. I don't. I don't give a damn personally. But if you're an England fan, are you not thinking? Well, hang on a minute. Like, okay, if it was an injury or if it was a personal thing, you've told us something's happened. Fair enough. If it was a start or, or an important player. Yeah, but England fans oh, didn't like. England, no one, no England fan was relying upon Ben White. Maybe the Arsenal fans of England mm. would, would hope to have seen him. Mm. But I don't think you know. Other than that. He, he owes England, English fans anything. Um, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I just think that, listen, it's private and um, personal reasons, respect his privacy. So it is what it is. He doesn't have to but, tell but, 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 but my point is, Turkish, when he responds with we back, baby, whatever was personal, he's gone public with that statement. Now, if he, if he left the camp and just said his personal reasons and kept his head down, people would be like, OK, we'll just leave it alone. But with, with, his, with his response... He's now gone public again. So I'm just wondering, now that you've come public, do you owe the English fans? I see that drawing a line on it. I see that sort of a caption saying, I ain't going to tell you what it is. I ain't going to mention it. I ain't going to talk about it. I'm back. It's about Arsenal. We moved. That's how I take that sort of a caption, that he's drawn a line. Rumours are rumours. Believe what you want to believe. I'm back. It's time to focus on the club. It's a good question. Oh, I believe it. I, I believe that probably it was a falling out. Now I, I do because um, you know I think he was a token um, call up in there. I don't think he would have got if uh, Reese James was fit. I think yeah. a little bit like Madison. I think Southgate was forced upon it to do it because of current form and all that. Like realised at one stage you weren't going to get any games. You know, the manager don't rate him. Be very interesting to see when, uh, if Southgate stays on his first squad, comes back out if uh, Ben White's in it, because on current form at this moment, he should still be in it. So we'll, we'll wait and see, like, you know what I mean? And, uh, do, do you know what, genuinely, if uh, he was overlooked in those, those games, I think if he was overlooked at right back, for instance, and then when Walker walked straight back into the side, Dyer come on and on the central defensive role, he's watching. Maguire that can't get a kick for a club playing in there. Maybe he just thought, you know what? I, I, I'd rather be on. I'd rather not be here. And he doesn't like. He doesn't like. He doesn't like football. So, and I thought about this a lot. He doesn't like football, Ben White. So if I was thinking, if you're Ben White, you don't love football anyway. You're in an England camp where you're not going to play any games at this World Cup. You would easily just think, you know what? Sod this. I don't know. <laughs> giving up a World Cup spot for someone who doesn't love football isn't a big deal for most people. It's like, what are you doing? You're at a World Cup. You you might get an injury, get, you know, get, get your moment. But if you don't love football and he's been on the record as saying he doesn't love football, then it's very believable that he just thought, ah, sod this, I'm going home. <laughs> I don't want to be here because I'm not playing anyway. So what's the point in... I don't know. I, I find I find it interesting what's, what's happened then. Something will come out, I'm sure. But I just wanted to get your thoughts on what you thought about him coming back. And yeah. 
Maybe I'm overthinking it. <laughs> I'm probably overthinking I look at, it, I look at but... the reaction of the club. We're all with you, Rob Holden, posting the heart. And I just lean away from that falling out thing because that's not really how you'd react if someone either said sod this or fell out because he's not playing. It's not a we're all with you moment. It's it's you know you know just just get back. We understand, but you don't have to comment on it. So the the comments around it when it initially happened just made me think that it's either family related, health related. You know, when you hear personal reasons and respect someone's privacy, I tend to think it's it's so far away from anything football related that it's none of my business. And 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 I always reiterate, I don't really, and I don't mean this in a rude way. I don't care about the players' personal lives. I don't care. And I'm sure they'd appreciate that as well because, you know, they, they, they respect their privacy. I don't, you know, I've always been like that. I care about them playing for Arsenal. I care about them being fit enough to play for Arsenal, showing desire, passion, 100% application. But whatever goes on in the background goes on in the background. Even if it was a fallout with England, I don't care. What I do like, what I do like is Arteta's quotes around it. Um, and this kind of like... You know, you're back where you're. You're back where you belong. Kind of t- tone. Really, some of the things he said. He said, uh, "I'm very pleased. Everybody has been giving him a lot of support and love, which is what he needed. That's what Ted said about White. And he said, "We are delighted to have him back and have him in really good shape." Asked asked about stories questioning White's character. He replied, "We can't control that, but I know who Ben is, what he needs, and what his character is, and how how happy we all are to have him at the club." I think he's almost whatever the reasons are. I think there's a lot of warmth coming from Arteta towards Ben White and basically saying like, you know, we got, we got you. And I, and I do like that. Uh, I think Jordan, I think Jordan, you've great questions around that. Um, and I'd be lying if I said, I've avoided the topic a little bit, you know, on the AFTV lives or whatever, but it is a good, it's a good question. And I have thought about it a little bit, but I kind of come to that conclusion that Turkish has, which is, listen, I can speculate, but personal reasons can cover so many things mm. that I'd rather not. And so I would not care. And as long as he's back playing for Arsenal and his caption on Instagram suggests he's quite happy and Arteta saying all the things I want to hear from my manager about him, I'm I'm happy. For all we know, he might have a dog at home that he's had for like 11 years that passed away. For all we know, it could be, it could just be anything. Like like, like James had just Mm. said, it can cover a vast, such a vast majority of, of reasons that there's no point even for me dwelling on it too much. Mm. It could be anything. Mm. Um, right. But yeah, World Cup. Um, that was a nice segue into it, Arsenal-related. But what do you not make of it? Argentina 3, Croatia 0, France 2, Morocco 0. Messi is the greatest of all time and he is still the best player in the world. That's the conclusion I've come to. Incredibly reactionary, I know. But... That guy I'll tell you is... what I have noticed, with, uh, and, and someone I met on the train today um, actually said it about Messi. Um, was, uh, uh, he's, he's more aggressive, more he's got a little bit of, um, you know, uh, yeah. really wants it. You know what I mean? Like I've never seen him like uh, be get involved with arguments with other players and things like that. But, but he has on this one. There's been an ultra aggressive Messi, like you know, they're, they're here, they're here to do the business. I don't think that they will. I think, unfortunately, um, him up yeah, there has got the money. But uh, I think France are, have just got that little bit too much um, for them. I actually said I'm not going to change my mind on that. Whoever won out of the England-France game, I think we said it on here, will go on and win the World Cup. And I still believe that is true. I think if England would have gone down the other route and um, 
and coming second in the group, I think we'd be in the final now against France. That's where I feel it would have been. If, if, I, if I throw a question to you guys, because I tend to agree, I'm, I'm, wor- I'm worried that France are going to win it. I really want Messi to win it, but I'm worried that France are going to win it and end his dream and, and that's his last moment in the World Cup. But do you think France were, are more worried having looked at Argentina's performance against Croatia or do you think Argentina are more worried having looked at France's performance against Morocco? Because I actually think Morocco deserved to probably win that game against France, if not at least take it to extra time. I think over over the 90 minutes, they were the better team. They just didn't have a real killer in the box that could kind of put it away, if, I, if I'm honest with you. They exposed France's left-hand side. And if, if Messi, you know... Um, brings back a bit of the old Messi and hugs the touchline on the right a bit more and cuts in that same, um, you know, in the in the way Zeke done against France. I think Argentina can win it, but I look at the both semi-finals and France were poor. France were pretty poor. Argentina, on the other hand, they weren't great, but they got the job done in emphatic fashion as well. I don't agree. I don't think France were poor. I thought France, and having thought about the France-England game a little bit more, I think France did what big teams do, which is control the game. And when they need to pull the throat, they cut the throat. And I think that although Morocco had some good possession, excuse me, had some good possession and had some good chances to score, in that second half in particular, yeah. I think France were confident in their abilities that, hang on a minute, we're world champions. And yet, Morocco having their moment, but we've been here before. We've done this before. And despite on the optics may look like we're under pressure, we've got this. And they always, for me, felt like they had another gear or two to go up into if they needed to, like big teams do. And I think there's the parallels with the England game. I think, having thought about it some more, People say England, and I did as well, England were the better team. But I think part of being a great team... Go on, go on, go on. I've just checked. Morocco had 61% possession. I'm so, like, I know what you mean. I know, but, but... If you know that you can take all that in and, and we stand that, knowing you've got two flyers that can hit you on the counter, I'd give you possession as well. They knew that Morocco would be there, try and stick it on them. There's obviously the whole inter- intercultural element of... France v Morocco, they were up for it, semi-final, making history. They they were going to be on it, on it, on it, on it. And I think France knew that and just thought, just be patient, just play your game. We've been here before. We know what we can do. Let them have their, let them have the ball because they've got no killer up top. Morocco have no killer up top. They're going to have the ball, have all the chances, but we know we're going to get a moment. Like against England, we know, we're on the the ropes a little bit. but we know we're going to get a moment. And when we get a moment, we've got four guys up top that we are banking are going to take it. And they did. So I think France is the better team because although it may look like they were on the ropes, for me, they were in control of the game. I fear they're going to win the... I say fear. I want Messi to win it as well, like you. But I think a really good... A a good team beats a great individual. We've got a great individual against a good team. And I think more often than not, the team comes out on top. Argentina are not good. They are not good. They're, well, they're average for me. They're an average yeah, team. I think, with a, I with think a magician. That's quite, 
I mean, Otamendi has been solid this tournament. Romero, after that Saudi Arabia game, he's bounced back. Molina's been a good fullback. The pool was so poor in the opening three games, but he's he's kind been crap the whole tournament. Turkish, the pool. last, the last couple rounds, he's been better. He's been better the last couple games. Hundred percent. Now name name those same names. Now put them up against Mbappe, Giroud, Griezmann, Dembele. Yeah, it's peak. It's peak. But, <laughs> you know, but then the oh, message. Also, I, I have to say, France. Um, I thought te- uh, you got to give the manager credit. They was just struggling a little bit against uh, Morocco, and he changed it around. Took Giroud off, put uh, Mbappe out down the middle, brought on um, uh, Taram. Yeah, yeah, and and, and they, 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 that was it, you know. And uh, so, I, I, I think France have got four very, very good players up front, and and I tell you what, they've got a, they've got a solid midfield, and this is also. Without two of their defenders, uh, sorry, two of their players were ill that day, and they still had enough in the tank to win it. Like you know, I, I just think that they've they're all around got some fantastic players all around, and they're coached really well by someone that knows what he's doing. Mm. And um, that game could have easily gone against them, but it's you know he, he turned it around. And you, you look at Giroud, winner, goal scoring winner. Against uh, England, would it? Would England? Would Southgate do that with Harry Kane? Would he hell like you know? What I mean, he would have kept him, kept him on, and and that. So I, I've got a lot of admiration for the way the French go about things and all that, like you know. So uh, unfortunately, even though I've got Argentina in in the sweepstake, I think that uh, France is just going to be too good. At Argentina to win it, it has to be one of the most boring games of football mm. you'll ever have seen in your life because yeah. I don't think what you I don't think what Argentina will want I mean maybe maybe they will like if I were advising them if they picked up the phone to old James from tactical insight and said what would you do James <laughs> I'd say don't get all don't get on the ball think you're going to carve fra France solo chance listen they're not been brilliant defensively France but maybe that plays into the hands, like John said. It opens the game up, and Bappe's got space to attack. Blah blah. You almost want to be quite cautious. There's one team that can afford to be cautious because of the sheer magic they've got on the pitch. It's Lionel Messi. They weren't. It, it's Argentina because of Lionel Messi. It, it wasn't. They weren't that great in the first 10, 15 minutes against Croatia. Actually, I thought Croatia had more of the ball, and were just sort of looking quite confident on it. Like they settled a bit quicker, but just a ball over the top. Bam! Penalty. You know, they've got that kind of that quality to do something out of nothing, nothing. And got Messi on the pitch, anything's possible. So I'd keep it quite cagey if I were them because it kind of nullifies France. We get a really mm-hmm. boring game. I'd be surprised mm-hmm. if we have five, more than five shots each by half time. Uh, um, and, and they just got to hope they get their moment, I think. I, just, I think if you go punch for punch, I think they'll just finish you off. I, I, I agree. And I think that without mentioning the England game again, the irony is, I, I, I agree that their best chance, James, of winning this game. Argentina has been boring and stodgy. And the irony is, is that if England had played like England at the Euros last summer against France, I think England win the game. Make it boring, make it stodgy. Five at the back. Two defensive midfielders, yeah. 100%. I thought about it some more. If England had been the Mm. England of last summer, they beat France. France are not great. They are not a great team. They're a good team with some good players who are well-oiled for being together for four or five years. It's not an amazing French team, sorry. But I think if, if they're going to... If you if you go, as Morocco tried, to go punch for punch, you're done. You're done. I think England, okay. to a degree, tried to go punch, 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 punch for punch with them as well. They're not that good. They're not good enough. France are amazing, but they're better than England. 
France are amazing, but they're better than Argentina and they're better than Morocco. If you try and take them on, you're going to lose. Who, who's, um, who's the best player in the world, guys? Messi. And Pepe. Griezmann. Messi, I, Messi's I, I, 30, 35 now. It's not the Messi of five, ten years ago. Like but you know what, now. Lee, right? I I, I said Mbappe as well, because how he denies pace and power. He's a good, fantastic finisher. He's got everything, right? And when I saw Messi do what he did to Gavardio, hmm. you know, that, like, that, that is, is nothing but skill. Like, oh, it class. just... The, the tight control, the twisting, the turning. He's not. I don't think he's even faster than Gavardi was a fast centre back, but, yeah. but he's just done him with his feet and his magic and his trickery, um, and his strength and everything. And I'm like, I I think Mbappe could kick it and run and get past him. I don't know if he can do that with his feet the way Messi did. Oh no, no, no you, never you, be able you, to do what Messi Messi's did. Messi's got that. that in abundance but he can't do it on a regular basis like he did before you know he no, was doing that I... all the time but he has to pick and choose but when he does it you know he's still a fantastic he's 35 he's still a fantastic footballer not only when he gets into the box how many times you see the ball overcooked or whatever he puts it on a sixpence you know he's a quality act you know like don't, don't you know don't get me wrong but 35 to be still you know, and I've got to say, Modric as well. You know, at thirty-seven, and and mm. and Ronaldo at thirty-seven, still be even performing at that level is incredible. It's incredible. But you know what? They're they they they're a fantastic players, aren't they? Like you know, that are cut above everybody else, and that's why they are. Well, please I, do it, Matty. Go on, Jordan. I, 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 no, yeah, I, the best football player on the planet is Lionel Messi, but. Mbappe is the guy that if I could pick one player tomorrow to play yeah, the yeah. final, I'm picking Mbappe. Um, I get what you're saying. Play the, in the final. A one-off game. A one-off nah. game. One-off um, game, you got Messi. Because Messi, the, the thing that brings Messi down is his age. If you say one-off game, go and win that for me. No, uh, tomorrow. A one-off game tomorrow. Who Messi. are you picking? Messi. Uh, listen, Messi is the best football player on the planet. Whilst he's playing, he will always be the number one player on the planet. But in terms of um, attributes and, and 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 form, Mbappe is is has got more weapons to his to yeah. his to his armory. He's yeah. got more weapons. And I, but I think and I, but I would love Messi to win it. However, can we just show just what three minutes left? Just a dedicate a minute. Olivier Giroud could win the World Cup again, uh, and be the Golden Boot winner on Sunday. Yeah. That for a guy that large parts of our fan base, I'm always going to say it, battered and was snobby against. I think he's had a phenomenal career, a Champions yeah, yeah. League, a Europa League, yeah. a Serie A, Serie A title, two FA Cups with us, or was it three? Three, I think. Three, you got all three, three of us. Three FA Cups, you know, two World Cups and a possibly a golden boot. Respect him, man. Respect the guy. Ah, I've always get... rated Giroud. He's, it, was, it wasn't the guy to take us to a title, but I've always rated him. I just wanted to give him a quick shout-out because he can end his international career on Sunday with a lot less respect than I think he should get. I get Sorry. you. And it, it was worth the reason why. He has been a surprise. It seems that we all want Argentina to win it, but we all think France are going to win it. So I'm not going to go around and ask that question. But what I am going to ask is, have you guys got your comments of the day ready with a couple of minutes left of the show? It's time. Yeah. Oh, yes. Who oh, wants to go yeah. first? 
the com you guys are amazing amazing in the comments of the way um everyone who commented on the last one a lot of love for you jordan for your um your intro to the last pod and i think that yeah, was I didn't, absolutely I didn't like it mm. right <laughs> i don't sound too enthusiastic fantastic <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> um i'll kick things off this was from uh, Eugenio da Costa. Um, oh, and I picked this up days. early. You picked the one that I picked. <laughs> oh, beautiful. <laughs> well, I, what, what should we do here? Should no, we, go on, go on, have it. The floor is yours. He said, um, I'd love if AFFFT put out a Jordan's greatest hits for Christmas. Classics like Edison over Zinchenko. <laughs> I only watched the highlights. And the new single, I'm wanging off. <laughs> wanging off for Christmas. Just, just to show you that's the one I had picked and I'm not lying about it. There you go. Yeah, I believe it. Oh, I missed that one. Me. Is that a recent one? I missed that one. Three days early. That went in early. I was it. I was it. Fantastic comment. <laughs> Greatest hits. <laughs> Godly. Oh, come for the Wizard of Oz. I understand the cost of living at the moment is serious. <laughs> But I'm sure Jordan could have turned his light on. I've point. got that as well. <laughs> Great mind thinker, like. Oh, there we go. I got, I got a couple more. I'll rattle through very quickly. Um, I like this one. Boy band, forever. That's us, basically a four-piece, four-piece boy band. We're called Forever back together that's the four of us um from vimal i like that one there was another one um uh, jordan will soon be calling Sharoy shahu who i will not name uh, from tommy <laughs> i like that one as well uh, uh as much as i loved it, this was from Sharoy. He, he kind of responded as well. So he said, as much as I love, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, as much as I love being on the show, um, nothing uh, beats the usual four. Happy to be the El Nene of Forever um, as well when called upon. Now, Sharoy, you're better than El Nene, man. You're like a Wiltord. Wiltord was a That's very, very important player. That's what I'm saying. Wiltord was a very, very key player that came in, did a really good job, knew his role. But you know, chipped me some important goals. So you're not El Nene. You're better than El Nene. You're 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 the real talk. My final one, my favourite one, which upset me as well. Jordan is the Mustafi of AFTV. <laughs> Fucking Liberty. <laughs> Mustafi of all the players. Harry. You are having a I'd rather be the El Nene of the Forever Arsenal podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 of AFTV. Mustafi. Um, now that's Jordan. That's 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 nice what you said about Sharoy. Um. Turkish we love Shiroi, man. We'll be seeing him tomorrow night, so we'll just we'll let him know what you said. We love Shiroi, man. We did tell him Will Todd. We did tell him Will Todd was the guy uh, on the watch along. Right, we're all out for a drink. Is it tomorrow night we're all out for a drink? Is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 We'll know, Jordan. We'll let him know. Yeah. Uh, tell him, tell him. <laughs> we're having a nice Christmas forever Arsenal party. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll Christmas let party. Jordan, don't worry. Oh, so no, no invite, no. I didn't. No, it's not. It's not at eight AM. So I know you're busy. <laughs> Forget that. I'm not interested. <laughs> Sharoy says he's he's buying a drink. So like, you know what I mean. <laughs> that snake. <laughs> <laughs> he went from wheel tool to a snake. It's all mad. I heard he's turning up with four microphones or something. Forever <laughs> Arsenal live. Look out for it, people. Hit the like button, and you might get it sooner than you think. Ah, right, let's wrap it up here because we passed an hour 
it's it's becoming somewhat frequent, but I don't want people to get used to it because it's it's past. It's nearly one a.m. in the UK, and we're still here recording for you guys and girls. Go, so make sure you hit overtime? the like button. Say that again. Do we get overtime? I'm not the man for that. You're gonna have to call Qatar. <laughs> you have to you have to reach Robbie in Qatar. I don't know the area code, but I'm sure you I'm can. Watch to wake you, Robbie. Right. Just wondering. Yeah, you got the four minutes over. Time. What's what's the rate? It's quarter to one here. I know you're still asleep. I was just wondering. <laughs> we, we was woken at eight. We had to be up for eight, and it's, we're still recording there, like yeah. Next day. <laughs> <laughs> pictures real. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Ah, right, cool. Jordan, Sorry. love. Lee, love. James, love. People watching, love for the love. Make sure you hit the like button. Leave your comments. We will be back again probably Monday, the next show. We're going to try to record it Sunday night um, because James is off out next week. Well, I say off out, but he's taking some leave. He's going to enjoy some leave before um, Christmas. Lee. Um, so we're going to do Sunday night. We're going to record the next show. Oh, so Shiroi's in. Is Shiroi in the next show then? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. James is there Sunday. Oh, okay. Oh, James okay. is there Sunday. I'll, I'll see. He'll see. He'll see. Ah, right, people, hit the like button. Leave your comments. Um, You know what it is already. We'll be back again soon. Love for the love. We're out. Sports Social Podcast Network.